I am so happy that you're able to join us for this extended interview. Make sure to visit theoffbeatlife.com. Again, that's theoffbeatlife.com to get more killer resources. Hey friend, for years now, I've given you a ton of stories on remote workers and digital nomads on this podcast, but I've come to realize that many of you beginners are still unsure on how to take the first steps to creating a freedom lifestyle through online work. Maybe you've been too afraid to take the plunge or just don't feel confident enough to land that online job due to inexperience. Well, I'm excited to announce that I've created a new YouTube series called Trying Remote, where I try a new online job or gig every month to give you a glimpse of what it takes to land a remote job. So if you need a little boost to try something new or just want to see what it takes to get started, you can go to theoffbeatlife.com slash trying remote. Again, you can go to theoffbeatlife.com slash trying remote to find our videos and to subscribe to our new series on YouTube. So please come and join me there so we can uncomfortably grow together. Hey everyone, thank you so much for being here for this extended interview with Jesse where he shares how to negotiate your Airbnb stays. Hey Jesse, how are you? I'm doing great. How are you? I am wonderful. Before we get to all of your amazing tips and tricks, can you tell us about you and why you live an offbeat life? You bet. Uh, my name is Jesse Schoberg and I'm the founder of Drop and Blog and I live an offbeat life because I don't see any other way. I love how Jesse just like short and sweet. This is it. I love my freedom. And of course, if you haven't done it yet, make sure you listen to his full interview where we talk more about his journey, how he got to become location independent. And of course, his awesome company that he started that led him where he is now. So on today's extended interview, we're going to specifically talk about how you negotiate your Airbnb stays because this is what you do, right? You don't have like a apartment, a home, you just travel around the world and you do these Airbnb stays and you do them very well. So can you tell us about that, Jesse, and how you actually got started staying in Airbnb stays and how it became kind of permanent for you? (laughs) Yeah, you bet. I've been staying in Airbnbs or similar type things, short-term rentals uh, for probably about seven years. Yeah. It's just, uh, once, once, uh, I, I started moving around, uh, I, I did leave the States actually quite a long time ago, uh, 2008. And I was living in Panama for quite a few years and I had a regular apartment there and kind of was living a more normal, normal quote expat life there. And then there was a point when I decided to move to Asia and that's when I kind of gave up the apartment altogether. And then I started floating around since then. So I've been more or less living in Airbnbs full time since around 2015. Yeah, I can just kind of run through some of the main tips and tricks for landing good Airbnb apartments. So first of all, I'll say that you generally want to stay at least a month. So most of the time, Airbnb, they have discounts based on a week or a month. So by, by choosing a month, you'll automatically, in most cases, you'll get a 
more substantial discounts. So often this is 30, 40% off of the daily rate. So if the place is normally $100 a night, let's say that would be uh, 3000 for the month, you know, maybe that could be 1500 at the um, monthly price. So just by starting and by doing that, just go to places at least a month, you can substantially reduce your your cost there. So start with that. And then if you find a place that you like, the negotiation kind of tricks are, first of all, um, when you see the, the Airbnb pricing, they'll show your total for the trip for the dates that you put in for just for the nights. And then they'll show the cleaning fee and then they'll show the Airbnb fee. And so the the host doesn't see all of that. They just see, they don't see the Airbnb fee on their side. So when you're trying to throw a number back at them, let's say it was, again, say that apartment was 1500 right? In reality, it's going to be 1500 plus uh, the Airbnb fee. Say that's another 150 So you're actually going to pay $1,650, let us just say, for example. So when you're negotiating, you see $1,650. If you say, oh, I want to pay $1,500, they're going to say, you're already paying $1,500. So the first thing is when you're negotiating, you have to look at the number that's just the cost of the room and know that you're going to pay the Airbnb fee on top of that. But when you're talking to the host, you need to be talking about the price that's the room price. So that's the first thing. And then the second thing is you want to talk in the currency of the host. So because if you say, oh, it's I want to it's fifteen hundred, I want to pay twelve hundred or something, the the host they aren't seeing in USD if you're not in the States. So let's say you're in uh, Mexico and it's Mexican pesos. You want to talk in Mexican pesos. So what you want to do is jump into Google or in any other currency conversion and put in the number that is the total price of the room, not including the Airbnb fee. And then you want to convert that into the local currency. And then that's the number that you want to start negotiating on. So let's say that you're, we'll do euros for something a little bit easier. So let's say whatever the number was in USD, then you convert it to euros. Then you know that, okay, so in euros, it was like 1300 euros. So now instead of saying like 1500 US or whatever it is, you say 1300 euros and then you, then you go from there. So then what you want to do is then you, instead of just booking it or whatever, you then click on the contact host button and then you can ask them a few questions. And this is a time where you want to do a few things. First of all, you want to ask them about things like, I usually ask like three questions and I'll say, hey, uh, can you tell me what your internet speed is? Because I'm going to be working from home. So this is very important to me. And then number two, I usually try to see if I can get some cleanings included. Uh, This will be easier in countries that have cheaper labor that generally have more access to housekeepers. So you can say, Hey, since I'm, since I'm doing a long rental, meaning like a month or more, you know, can you throw in uh, cleaning twice a week and just kind of put that as like an ask. And then the third thing is you say something like, well, I'm on a little bit of a budget. Can you do and then explain, say the dates again, you know, can you do uh, January 1st through uh, February 12th for, and say originally you figured it out in euros and it was 1300 or something, you know, so then you just throw out a number that's like a little bit aggressive, like try 30% lower than that and see what you get, you know, so then, you know, say, say 900 or, or something like this and just see what they say. And 
you get a number of responses. Sometimes they'll say, no way, I can't do that. It's already discounted. The 1300 is the price. That's it. And then that's it. But maybe they'll give you the cleanings, something like this. Or maybe they'll, they'll come back somewhere in the middle and then cool, you save a couple hundred bucks. Or maybe they'll accept your offer. And sometimes mm-hmm. I've done that where... I'm in a place and and I see one apartment that's out of my budget and I'm going to have to go with one I don't like as much. And, you know, you got nothing to lose. So I'll just message them and say, hey, you know, I know that normally you charge 3000 bucks a month for this, but it's just next month and and you got no one there. So will you take uh, 1500 for those dates? And then I say something like, I'm a good guest, check my reviews and obviously keep your reviews up, this kind of thing and then see what happens. So those are kind of the the main tips that generally are going to save you quite a bit of money and make sure that the internet is good and maybe get you some cleanings out of the deal. (laughs) Well, those are really pretty amazing tips. Now, when you do these negotiations, do you contact multiple Airbnb hosts or do you just specifically go uh, to one? And then if they say no, then you go through the rest of your other options. It depends on the availability in the the place that I'm going at or how many apartments that I really like. But yeah, I might reach out to two or three because some hosts might be slow replying. Some hosts might actually not have the apartment available, even though it said it was available. Some might negotiate and some might not. I mean, if you wanted to be aggressive with this, you could message tons of hosts and, and throw out really low prices and then maybe one of them will take it, right? Like that kind of a, an approach. Uh, so I've never gone like the full spam route and, and trying to <laughs> just stay as cheap as possible, but you probably could. I don't wait always because you never know if they're going to respond, when they're going to respond, what type of a interaction you're going to have. So yeah, no, I, would, I would message maybe two or three if, if these apartments are, are what, I, what I'm looking for, you know? So uh, that's the other thing, you know, just kind of I like to really kind of look through the photos and sort of after you do it for a while, you kind of learn what things are sort of important to you, little details about like, does it look like that they have supplies in the kitchen if you like to cook? Does it look like they have nightstands that you actually have somewhere to put your phone, like some of these little details, right? Or does it look like it's clean? Does it look like that the place is actually taking care of these kind of things? So uh, you can kind of pick some of those tips up, hints, I guess, from some of the photos. Yeah. And what about actually reaching out to them? Do you, is it better to do it like last minute or ahead of time? What have you found to be most effective when you're negotiating? Yeah. I mean, I do think the kind of balance of it is like the earlier that you reach out to these people, the more options you're going to have. Because the problem that you're fighting against is people that don't stay for a month right? So if a random person picks up this place for a weekend, now that that apartment's not available for you that month, right? So in general, I say you probably do better off by doing it sooner than later because then you have more options just purely for that. Of course, if you do a last minute one, you might be able to get a super deal because the place is going to be empty. But the thing is, because there are so many people that will be just doing a couple of nights, the the chances of you having these like one month stays available like a week from now are fairly low usually. So, you know, if you're looking to book one, two, three months blocks at a time, you, you want to kind of do it out a, a little ways. Like I try to do it at least 
I try to do like two months out, at least two, three months out. And then if it's something difficult, like, you know, over like a Christmas, New Year's holiday, then like just kind of the sooner the better that you know that you're going to be somewhere because there's just so many people planning that far out. And then then when those get close, those numbers go way up. Yeah, that's that's true. It's, you know, those holiday seasons, they're pretty competitive when you're staying at places as well. So what do you do, Jesse, when you actually go to that place, you're paying it off for the month, you already negotiated it, and you actually hate the apartment? Has that ever happened to you? And if it did, how do you deal with that? It happens once in a while. Two things. First of all, I've gotten better at learning which things that it's, this is all very personal, you know? So I've gotten better at learning which things make me hate the apartment. And so I Mm -hmm. now try to look for those in the pictures or try to ask them ahead of time, you know, these kind of things. Uh, The other thing that I've come to start doing is accept in my mind that I'm going to spend like, at least like a hundred dollars that I'll consider part of the rent in my head on improvements for that apartment. So we're talking, this is just burnt cash, but it's like the idea of like, you know what, I could really use a clock in the living room, or I could really use a bath mat in the the bathroom, or I could use some better, a better pan to cook with, or a lamp on the end table or whatever the thing is, you know? And because usually what happens is there's a couple of these things that really bother you. It's like, well, I just want to read a book by that chair, but there's no light. It's like, so then you'll just complain for the whole two months you're there when you could have just bought a lamp for 20 bucks and then you would have been happy, you know? So I like to just kind of have like a small budget in my mind that I'm like, okay to spend. And then I try to do that immediately when I get there, like kind of look around, set it up, figure out which things I would like or wouldn't like, and then be like, on top of going out and buying those things immediately. So then you get to enjoy them for the whole time and then you just leave them there. And then sometimes what I found is if you go to cities and stuff more often, you start to build relationships with some of these hosts. And then it's kind of cool because you've sort of made the apartment a little bit better. And then when you go back, you kind of know, oh, well, it's great because my lamp is going to be there that uh, <laughs> I can read the book with or, or whatever, this kind of thing. So that that's sort of the the way that I can, you can soften that blow, I guess. But of course there are going to be times when, you know, you get duped a little bit or it's a little bit more dingy than you thought it was going to be or whatever. And then, you know, then you got to make a decision. You can either suck it up for a month and, and that's the deal. Or you can, you know, look at the the policy and decide you want to lose some money or if if they you actually feel like that they misrepresented the listing, then you can actually go to Airbnb and say, hey, these guys said it was this and it's this other thing, you know? And so a little bit of that takes some practice. I don't usually have like any major problems anymore, but I, I had a couple of things happen in the past where it was just like, I screwed up because I didn't like read the listing well enough and I didn't look through the pictures and I didn't read the reviews. So I would just say spend a little time doing that and and you'll your success rate will be much higher. Yeah. And those reviews are so important because people will call something out when they see something that is di- like what, if the place is dingy or if it's unsafe or even the surrounding area, they will tell you about it in those reviews, which is really helpful. Totally, totally. Yeah, it's it's definitely, uh, 
definitely smart to dig through those reviews. And, you know, you don't have to go super deep in the very beginning when you're, when you're kind of doing the base research, but you know, you'll have, you'll have a minute when they, what happens is when you make that request to them about the, the giving a better price or whatever, they actually have to send you this thing that's called a special offer. And mm. that's like where they give you the new price and say, okay, fine, we'll do it for 1100. And then they send that over. You, you have 24 hours to accept that. So, uh, obviously you probably want to accept it as soon as possible. But my point is then it's like, okay, you've made the deal established. It's like, now just do one last sweep and re- read those reviews, look through those pictures, make sure that there's nothing that you're missing. And, and, uh, then you'll have the best chance for success. Yeah. And, and lastly, Jesse, I'm, I'm curious when you are making these negotiations and, um, for them so that they don't have to pay for the Airbnb fees, do you do that outside of the app, the payment? Like, how do you make sure that you're safe when you are doing that and they're not just going to take your money? Yeah. I, uh, just to clarify there, I wasn't saying that you're skipping the Airbnb fees. I'm just saying that (laughs) when you're negotiating with the person, they're not seeing those fees. So oh, to make sure okay. that you're on the same page, you want to negotiate talking about without the fees, but knowing in your mind mm. that there's going to be this fee on top of that, but just so that you and that person are talking on the same page is kind of the deal. Okay. So you're talking in their currency and you say, okay, it's 40,000 pesos. And then they know that, but then really you might pay 45,000 pesos because of the the fee. But just because they're when they send the offer to you, it's going to be just for the room, not with the fee, mm. uh, that kind of thing. Okay. Now, of course, you can, you know, what a lot of people do is is if you you stay there for a month, and if you decide that you like it, then maybe you can build a relationship with the host, and then you could take it off and pay cash outside it. This kind of thing, where you've already like built that relationship, you trust them, they trust you. This kind of thing. Then maybe you can negotiate a little bit further. You could take it off and pay cash. Something like this uh, is is an option like if once you've already kind of established that relationship perfect love that well thank you so much jesse for all of these incredible tips for us we really appreciate it if our listeners want to learn more about you where can they find you you bet uh you can reach me on twitter that's where i hang out most of the time it's just at jesse schoberg or uh you can check out our product at dropinblog.com perfect thanks jesse thanks a lot for having me on I hope you enjoyed this extended interview with Jesse. Make sure to visit theoffbeatlife.com. Again, that's theoffbeatlife.com to get the full interview where he shares how he was able to create a freedom lifestyle as a developer. Hey friend, have you been wanting to start a podcast? I know it can be overwhelming in the beginning. Believe me, I have been there. Lucky for you, we have created a new site called howtocreatepodcast.com that shares a ton of freebies that can help you get started. From launching, growing to monetizing, we share it all in one place. Visit howtocreatepodcast.com for more information. Thanks for joining me on this extended interview. Don't forget to subscribe and leave a review on iTunes. We can also chat some more on Facebook at The OB Life. I'll talk to you soon.